Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Richard Geiger, Ken Seymour, cartoon lovers at heart. Absolutely. And uh, cartoon consumers still to this day um, for me. Yep. And I didn't eat any peanuts today either, so I got that going for me. Yeah, but uh, even if you had and your allergies got to you you've got at least nine lives so yes um as do (laughs) as do most cat-like creatures (laughs) that's right we're going to talk about a lot of cat-like creatures (laughs) in this episode if you just happen to stumble across this uh current recording of our program and did not actually read the (laughs) read the descriptor we're going back to the history of comics in television this is our 10th time to the well and i have a funny feeling that by the time we i don't know if finish is the right word but catch up to real time we're going to be into like 50 episodes because it, it's going to just explode here in, the, in, a, in a few years yeah yeah it's real real thick in uh, the last 20 years for sure yeah but mid 80s which is where we're at right now eh, it's still finding its footing still really becoming uh, that item in the zeitgeist. Uh, but uh, Cartoons were, were, were still big, right? Yeah, we yeah. still had Saturday morning cartoons. Um, there was a lot of, this was the, the era of like uh, Transformers and, and G.I. Joe, but those weren't comics. Those no. were shows, those were toy lines that things were then created on afterwards. So that's why we haven't been discussing those things. But, exactly. uh, yeah, we're coming into a pretty good era of good old cartoons. Yes, indeed. Mid-80s. Let's see. The, this would have been this still Reagan era, or did we end up in the Bush era at this point? I lose track. I'm not going to think about that much because uh, I'd rather think about the, the cartoons. Now, we talked a little bit about the, the cats. Cats are going to be very prevalent. They have been over the last several years we've covered. Mm-hmm. They're still going to be prevalent in the Same next cats. several. Same cats. They 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 dominated the cartoons in this time period. Um, in 1986, we'll just start out talking about one of them. Uh, this is a Mel Blanc voiced cat, the the tougher of the two cats, uh, I would say, uh, tougher for me to like at least. Yeah, um, familiar if you're our age, but uh, maybe not something that you delved into too often. Yeah, but we've got uh, a made-for-TV film running an hour and 13 minutes. Heathcliff, the movie! Yay. I'm not certain this ever made it to actual box office, uh, or, or to theaters, I should say. Uh, but I know I saw it on television, the, the theme, the um, description I remember this, uh, talking about uh, 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 Heathcliff being forced to babysit his nephews and recounts his adventures and finding uh, another cat that looks just like him or when he uh, when his dad gets released from prison, but he thinks he's escaped. Yep, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, it, it was good stuff. I seem to remember enjoying it, but... Uh, I mean, this obviously still had, we've already talked a little bit about where Heathcliff came from. We've talked about the other Heathcliff shows. It's basically the same voice cast. I mean, Mel Blanc still doing the voice for Heathcliff. Uh, You got Peter Cullen in there as Pop, which is kind of cool. Anything that Peter Cullen is in is cool in my opinion. Yeah, so you've got a a fun little grouping of individuals that that are doing the uh, voices for this. yeah, not much to say about it. I mean, it was a fun little film. It wasn't an actual television show, but it was on TV. And it was kind of there because the Heathcliff show was popular. Basically. Basically. And... And scene. And scene. <laughs> There's not much to talk about. Uh, we'll go from one orange cat to another. Let's just get these stupid cats out of the way. Uh, these stupidly popular cats. We've got uh, another. Uh, now, this one's not so much a movie as it was a short. Yeah, like a, a one-off, if yeah. you will. Yeah, so uh, because you know, we talked about Garfield started making his presence felt 
in television, but he doesn't really have a show yet. He's just got a couple of one-offs and films and, and you know, holiday specials and that sort of thing. So we've got Garfield in Paradise. Um, Garfield in Hawaii, basically. Did you ever want to know about a cat that doesn't, uh, what a cat that doesn't do anything but eat and lay down would do in a place where you basically just eat and lay down? <laughs> it's 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 a little sunnier. Um, you know, there's lots of ocean around you. Uh, was Odie there? I mean, yes. I, I don't remember. You yes, know? Odie was there. But the thing that I love is that uh, we have a special voice actor <laughs> in the cast on this one. One of the characters. Voiced by Wolfman Jack. That uh, chief, of course, uh, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, For those of you listeners that are not familiar, Wolfman Jack was a basically a radio personality, uh, a DJ, uh, if you will, and he had a very he had a very stylistic way of talking, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's you're listening to Wolfman Jack. And I remember him quite well, <laughs> and I always enjoyed listening to anything that he's on. I sometimes forget he actually did have several TV stints on things that he did too. But uh, yeah, oh, I forgot he was in Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Okay, wow. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that, so I couldn't, I wouldn't remember him being in there anyway. But his picture shows that he's got, you know. Fangs. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, right. Yeah. But, you know, uh, we're not going to go much into that. Uh, Greg Berger doing the voice of Pigeon. Now, if you're not familiar with Greg Berger, he's another one of those voice actors that uh, he's kind of um, all over the place. Uh, has been doing stuff for quite some time. And uh, you can find him. Uh, basically, if you if you hear him, you recognize. I don't know of a better way to do it, but he's he's still active doing voices for stuff. But I mean, <laughs> do his IMDb page, man. He is everywhere. Was was he the um, was he the original me Grimlock, or was that someone else? Um, I think that he might have been. I'm pretty sure that he was. Let's take a look. There's cow and chicken. Uh, <laughs> Fantastic Voyages of Sinbad the Sailor as we... Mulder's Gate in there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of video game stuff that uh, he's done uh, before and now. Yeah, he is He is all over. Uh, he is the voice for uh, Odie. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but uh, let's see. Is he all the way back to uh, Transformers? We're in 90s. Eighties, Quantum Leap, and Ducktales, <laughs> Saint Elsewhere, Transformers, Grimlock. He is the original Grimlock. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So anytime I see it, it's, it's one of those one of those things. It's like it, a lot of names pop, and you'll remember who they are. And for me, Greg Berger is like, and I see his face, like, yeah, I know him, and I like him. Why? What? What did he do? That? Oh yeah, Transformers. Because he's in everything. Because he's in everything. Uh, so. This uh, was, other than that, a very unmemorable short. <laughs> I know I've seen it. I don't don't remember anything from it, though. I'm sure it was good. I'm sure it was good. Probably too. better than Heathcliff. Uh, yeah. Uh, we go to uh, a dry, uh, from a dry and uh, kind of sarcastic cat to uh, a kid that just tortures his neighbors. We've talked about this character several times, too. He Mm -hmm. keeps getting series after series because he's popular. Who is it, Richard? Well, I'll tell you, he's a menace. Um, His first name might be Dennis. Just might be. And this is another instance where uh, this is actually a show. This uh, got two seasons, 79 episodes. I remember watching this play. Um, It had, uh, if you were ever... Um, one of those people that got to see the uh, um, Go Go Gadget, Inspector Gadget cartoons. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same style of animation. Um, I would be surprised if it wasn't somehow related in the studios that made it. I'm not going to look that up because I'm tired. 
But <laughs> one of the great things, this show had another just st- stupid, stiller, amazing uh, voice casting. Mr. Wilson, voiced by Phil Hartman. The great Phil Hartman. That's just amazing to me. I love to, to think about that and because uh, he was he was so good with all the voices that he did. You got Brian George doing voices for this. He's been in just, again, another person been in everything. A lot of things, yep. And just you know, seeing voice acting from that was really pretty sweet. Uh, Marilyn Lightstone, again, another uh, person that's just got so much work that she's done over the years. Um, if you see something in the 80s that had some voice work, she probably was involved in it in some way, shape, or form. Um, so yeah, so cool stuff. Um, this show was, um, that was the best way to describe it. Light, not very plot heavy, very simple. The original comic strip was that way because it it was a one panel comic strip usually. Uh, Well, you know, um, he does things that a kid would do, right? uh, but it just happens to, you know, be moderately annoying or destructive or you know weird but in the end it's just he's a kid and he's got a dog and the uh, he bugs his neighbor sounds like every kid hey mr wilson yeah not much to it if you've never seen it you have not missed anything (laughs) (laughs) you really haven't um they did a live action. Yes, they did. We talked about that. And it was okay. That was okay. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. Yeah. Good idea, I guess, but it's just, it's more fun as a cartoon. Yes. A 30-minute cartoon. So it was good enough to last a couple of years. Um, all right. So the last one I want to talk about from 1986. This one's actually really interesting. Um the the show's name is called Defenders of the Earth. I do not remember ever seeing this. Um, it it seems like it was just perfect for the like the things that I would like to watch. Yeah, and it lasted you know sixty six episodes. Um, yeah, I don't remember this at all. Yeah, I mean, it's I I I I'm just I strained my brain when I was preparing for this and I'm trying to think. It's like where I would have seen it, but I never saw it. The thing that's really so cool about this is uh, it's based on three different comic strips from King Syndicates. Uh, now, King Syndicates was one of those um, newspaper production companies that just put out tons and tons of different papers for different places. So, if you're trying to become uh, a a comic strip artist that had a strip that ran everywhere. That was one of the companies you had to deal with to become, you know, known. But it, uh, basically you got Flash Gordon, you got Mandrake the Magician, and you got the Phantom. All teaming up together to take on the bad guys. And between the three of them, um, they don't really have much in the way of powers unless the plot dictates it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the Phantom is just uh, has a cool purple suit. Yeah, Billy Zane. Yeah, boy, wow, that film was bad. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, it. We're, I, I'm wondering if this series was still based all around the same kind of time era that the Phantom was. Yes, as well, and they were fighting Ming the Merciless, which is. Like uh, that's Flash, Flash Gordon villain. Yep. So it's kind of, uh, kind of a seems like it'd be a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, the Phantom originally came out in 1936 by Lee Falk, uh, who also did Mandrake Magician, which came out in 34. Uh, but it was Don Moore and Alex Raymond that did Flash Gordon also in 34. But when you are a, a massive newspaper conglomerate, <laughs> you can kind of pull some strings and mush some things together. Um, we've talked about Flash Gordon before, and we've talked about The Phantom before. We haven't really talked about Mandrake, to my memory. I no, don't I don't believe so. Him. But uh, Mandrake the Magician, unsurprisingly, 
is a magician. And uh, but he has real magical powers, Ooh. and he uses those magical powers to fight the forces of evil. And uh, uh, one of the funniest things I do you know who what one of the names of his teachers were that taught him how to do stuff? Mm, no, tell me, Lucifer, <laughs> spelled L U C I P H O R. I can't imagine who they would be referring to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're saying the magics come from the devil. Oh, he didn't start evil, but he became evil and adopted the name of Cobra, which you've already got a name. Your name's already Lucifer. I mean, you don't really need to change it. It's mm-hmm. it's there. You're done. <laughs> no need for rebranding. Lucifer. Oh, just just so funny. Um yeah, it's. Uh, I did not watch the series. I really want to see it though now. Yeah, I'm curious what this is actually like, or what what the, you know the the Iron Man one. If you think about it, there was the Mandarin was the bad guy, right? Right. And the Mandarin had a couple subordinates, and they were always there fighting him. Right. Is this the same thing? It's just like each each episode, everybody's just getting together to fight Ming because he's doing something to take over the world, or does, well, it, does it go episode to episode? All, all but 10 episodes, I'm going to assume, because uh, Ming has uh, 56 episodes mm. by the fantastic Ron Feinberg. Um, but the, the animation style looks basically G.I. Joe-esque. 80s G.I. Joe in quality yep. uh, and style. Um, but the merciless. yeah, it's just kind of, kind of crazy. I mean, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, people that you would expect in terms of some of the, the voice acting and some that I don't recognize, but this, this had to have been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, there's a person on there that we uh, spoke to ever so briefly. You spoke to. Yes. You spoke to. You spoke to? I can't remember. I believe we spoke to. Yes. Who is that, Richard? Uh, Diane Pershing, <gasps> who was a probably more more known for her run in the Batman. Yep. She was a poison poisonous ivy person. Poison ivy. Yeah, she was a sweetheart. She was so fun. I still have our picture with her. Ooh. Yeah. I'll have to maybe post that up on social media again at some point. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. She was great. Yeah, post it. People will be wondering, why is this picture up here? <laughs> now you know. That's right. If you're listening. Anyway. If you're listening. All right, that's 86. Uh, obviously, we talked about some previous shows that were actually running through this time, but we've already talked about them, so we're not going to go through them again. We're instead going to march forward just like time does. We're going to move forward, and we're going to go – and talk about, uh, unsurprisingly, 1987. Ooh. So yeah. much going on in 1987. There's a little bit more. Uh, 87 had some attempts at some uh, different properties, but unsurprisingly, we still get a lot of... <laughs> a cat. A cat. <laughs> Garfield decides in 1987 that Hawaii is not good enough, and he is going to go to Hollywood. Uh, he wants to be in Pet Search. Now, for uh, older people, they get the reference. For younger people, that's like America's Got Talent uh, before that was a thing. But for pets. Well, the Star Search is what it's been. Yes, for. yes. But for pets, yeah. So, um, unsurprisingly, uh, same same uh, <laughs> group of voices. We don't really need to talk much about it as a 25-minute short. Megatron shows up. Yes, he does, and he gets to be the MC of the uh, of the contest, which is super funny. Um, but yeah, that's that's Garfield. But you can't get enough Garfield. Not not with just that one little short. We also have to have the Christmas special. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. So uh, he spent that thousand dollars on Christmas ornaments. I think something of that nature. Actually. Not true. I've seen the Christmas special. That's one of the ones I remember. I used to watch that every year. That was the one of the holiday traditions. Did you watch the? Yeah, when I was a kid. Peanuts, you know, Magic Pumpkin. But uh, David Lander, 
had uh, one of the the voices on that one, and that's uh, <laughs> if you don't know that name, that's Squiggy. That's Squiggy, yes, from Laverne and Shirley. And if you don't know that guy, he was the announcer in a league of their own. And if you don't know that, then you're probably less than thirty years old. <laughs> that's true. I mean, Laverne and Shirley is. I think it's got one of those just, uh, I don't know, classic intro song yeah. and, and scenes, right? Definitely. Um, you know, as they watch the old glove go along the bottle line because they're, they're in uh, Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That was such a Labia Lavile moment for me. Oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, I love that show. That was such a, such a fun one to watch. Uh, you you know what that was a spinoff of, right? Mm, was it the Mork and Mindy? Which one was it? Close. Um, happy uh, Days. Happy Days, because okay. Mork and Mindy was also a spinoff. Oh, of yes. Days. Okay. Uh, good stuff. So, uh, yeah. So we have two Garfield specials come out in 1987. Um, if you're seeing a trend, you're seeing one to two Garfield specials come out a year. He seems to be pretty popular. I wonder what's going to happen in 1988. <laughs> I mean, they've been trying to force feed us uh, Garfield for that's right past few years. So you know what else they constantly try and get going and never really gets going? Archies! Oh, my gosh. The new Archies came out in uh, 1987. Uh, this actually got two seasons. Wow. Right? Uh, this is because it's not just the Archies. It's a prequel to the original Archies. They're in junior high instead of high school. What? Oh, my gosh. So trying to uh, appeal to that younger audience. Um, if you take the time to uh, do the IMDb search for all the people that have been in it, I don't think you're going to recognize uh, <laughs> any of the names. No. Well, you know, this was a existing property and a hot new spin on that existing property. Sounds like what everybody does now. Except there is one person that you might recognize, uh, and that's Allison Court. Uh, I don't know if you recognize uh, her in that getup that she's wearing there in her bio page. I know I've seen that. No, I recognize the one of the voice actors, though, uh, uh, that voices that she played. Said she was in the X Men animated series. Oh, that's true. She uh, indeed was, but I think she was on like Bear in the Big Blue Couch or something like that. Mm. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure what that that was what that character is, or something comparable to it. Uh, but yeah, so eh, you didn't miss anything. I mean, it's the Archies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about something that didn't get a million chances, that only got a thousand chances? Whatever could that be? Well, how about something that focuses on a burly individual that uh, tends to focus on uh, a very specific vegetarian regime before he beats the snot out of people. <laughs> he has uh, forearms that maybe he's allergic to bee stings. It's possible. Puffed up. Oh, uh, you know, the, uh, the live action version with uh, Robin Williams, I still have fond memories of. I do not remember this series, the Popeye and Son series. It only ran for a single season, so that's probably why I don't remember it. But they decided, it's like, well, what if... Popeye and Olive Oil had a son, and they named him Popeye Jr., and then they had adventures together. That's literally the whole premise of the show. Uh, Terrific. <laughs> I mean, I think the concept in the comic, the, the whole thing of Popeye is great in... Small, Small bits. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty accurate. But they got Rip Taylor, uh, Rip Taylor for most of the season, uh, and they, they got Jeffrey Tambor. 
and Scott Grimes, he must have been young. Right? <laughs> Just some, some names that you maybe wouldn't have expected to see in this. I mean, Maurice LaMarche, yeah, sure, he did voices for everything. But uh, still does voices for everything. He, My favorite being The Brain. The brain. But uh, yeah, so I mean, they they had some they had some real talent in this show. Uh, I have never watched it, nor do I have the inclination to. No, no. Um, so far, um, not a great year. Not a great, not a great year. Here, let me help make it worse. Uh, <laughs> we have a TV movie uh, of a of a cartoon strip. That should never really be made into anything animated. I think they tried once or twice, even before this. We've talked a little bit I think about so. it. But they gave Kathy another 30-minute special. Um, so uh, the plot of this uh, special is exactly the same as the plot of the other ones that we've already talked about. She needs a man. And she just can't find somebody to love her. Uh, I think that's the that's the gist that I'm getting. But... They got uh, Greg Berger to do a voice in it because, of course, he's in everything. Uh, I never saw it. Don't really care. Uh, no. Kathleen Wilhoit. I, I recognize that face. Oh, yeah. she's uh, She's been known to do a number of different things. Uh, Roadhouse. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. she was. She's actually still active. She's currently in summer camp island Ooh. don't know what that is but, yellowstone uh, which apparently is good but i have no intention of ever watching well she's only in one episode of that so yeah i think you'd rec you'd recognize her face she's been in a lot of things that we've watched she's great what i would call great supporting material yes yeah um well since kathy was never one of my favorites i um, let's try something that I actually did kind of sort of enjoy that they have tried several times to do. Uh, in fact, you know, when we talked about when we were doing the history of comics and film, one of the earliest real films they did was surrounding this particular comic, and that was uh, Blondie and Dagwood. Uh, they had quite a few little shorts early on of, of Blondie and Dagwood because – you're talking about taking things in small bits. Mm -hmm. It's exactly how you should take Blondie and Dagwood. Yes. Uh, it doesn't need anything else. But who's Dagwood? Megatron. That's right. Frank Welker, another guy that shows up everywhere. Or, yeah, yep. And then uh, Lonnie Anderson, though. Right. Um, this was at the height of her popularity. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, WKRP time frames, if I'm not mistaken. Well, WKRP was late 70s. I thought. Oh, okay. That's, I, I guess that's true. If I look at, if I remember the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> he was super groovy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so if you're not familiar with Blondie and Dagwood, that particular comic strip uh, was basically about a guy that was married to this girl and she was much out, way out of his league. Yeah, that's the whole comic strip. And he likes sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> Did we ask this before? Is the Dagwood based on him, or was it the other way around? To my understanding, that is the case, yes. Okay. Uh, because they, it was just a euphemism, because he would just always stack stuff on top of other stuff to make a sandwich. So that's that was the Dagwood. Uh, yeah. So much fun. All right. All right, we got to have something to win us back on 1987. Something that will. I'm, I think I'm starting to get a little stuffed up here. Uh, <laughs> it's the weather change. You Mid know, uh, it's been 20 degrees here and it's 50 today. It's just Indiana weather where if, if you live in Indiana, you know what we're talking about. But it's when it's winter, it's not until it is. When it's fall, it's not until it is, and then it you know sneaks back to summertime weather when you're in the fall. It's just it's just weird. I just didn't want it to happen in the middle of the episode. <laughs> Everything was fine, and then now I'm going to dunk like this for the rest of the time. Uh, all right. So instead, do you remember in comic books 
the character Sable? Mm. Marvel Comics, she's like a vigilante hunter sort of thing. Like Silver Sable? Yes. Yes. We're not going to talk about her. Instead, okay. <laughs> Swerve, we're going to talk about the show live action this time, not animated. Television show in 1987 called Sable. Uh, this actually uh, ran for a season-ish. Uh, it's based on not the Silver Sable, but the comic strip Sable. John Sable, Freelance. Yeah, so we, uh, this is created by Mike Grell in 1983. So this comic strip had only been in existence for a couple of years before they tried to make it into a television show. I mean, not the subject material that I would personally think would be the 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 best. I, I guess I don't remember the John Sable comic strip either. Yeah, I, I don't think I really... I don't think I ever really read it, but uh, so basically, I think a lot of what the allure of this character would have had is better in an actual comic book rather than a comic strip. Yeah, I mean, it ran for uh, it ran for quite a long time, and then it eventually did get a comic book. Um, but uh, it's just. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. You want to look into the history of it. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, he doesn't really have powers or anything. He's just you know a freelance do-gooder. You know, he hides his identity, uh, but not his not his vigilante identity. Or what was uh, he did something backwards. He wanted everybody to know one and not the other because normally everybody knows the hero, but not the the other ones. He yeah. wanted to go the other way around. Eh. I, I didn't get it. I never really read it. But luckily, I also never watched the television show. Well, the what what did it say? Seven episodes? Yeah. It didn't, didn't even really go for a full season. Um, but it has Rene Russo in it. And others. There's actually got a good a good cast in there before their popular days. All right. Uh, one episode for a young Laura Flynn Boyle. Uh, if, you like, yeah, if you like Scrubs, uh, you'd recognize uh, Neil Flynn. All right. You've got uh, Zella Rubenstein, who's in quite a lot of stuff. She's It's a face that you will always recognize once you mm-hmm. see it. But uh, Poltergeist is what she's really known for. Um at least that's what I really know her for. So I mean, I, I think it. I think the reason that it probably didn't last a long time is that the concepts just kind of. I don't want to say bland, but just because it's a comic strip doesn't make it any better than just like the generic Magnum PI slash whatever. Yeah, you got you got a standard to live up to if you're gonna be popular. Yeah, it's uh, eighty-seven was not. <laughs> Not a great year. Um, but at least the show did have Ke- did have Ken Page in it. Uh, the voice for the great Oogie Boogie. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was King Gator in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Jeez, oh, Pete. So a lot of talent in this show that went nowhere. All right, I'm feeling bad. I, we, need some, we need something to bring us back. This is... We went from a, a year that was kind of eh, and this year it was just kind of the dumps. <sighs> What's what? Do we have another year? I think we can go for another year. I think there's a way to make this more interesting. Um, but first, let's get the uninteresting out of the way. <laughs> uh, no, actually, this this part we we talked about Garfield in two separate years now. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about them again multiple times, but there's actually some interesting stuff to it this time. Yes. Um, so first of all, instead of just getting a bunch of little snippet shows, they finally brought in Garfield and Friends in 1988. So how many uh, seasons do you think it had? A lot. Yes, it did. Uh, at least uh, for an animated cartoon. 
seven seasons. Seven seasons, and it says, what, 122 episodes? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Of the things that we've talked about over these last 10 episodes, you know, that's that's one of the uh, larger chunks for a show, for sure. And we've already talked about who did the voices for them. They kept the same voices from before. Um, and if you've got Lorenzo Music, Greg Berger, Frank Welker, all in the same spot, then uh, yeah, you've got you've got everything you need in terms of vocal talent. And uh, they actually, I loved the show. I this the, while the little specials were kind of hit or miss for mm-hmm. me, the show was just so much fun. Yeah, the show was was one. Um, the, if I'm not mistaken, this one was a Saturday morning. Yeah. So for some of us. If we if we had a few, you know, we had a few like an NBC, CBS, and after a while we would get the rhythm down of when our favorite cartoons were up, so we would be able to switch between the two, the couple in the networks, to make sure that we hit up the right shows. Yep. Uh, Garfield was was one that I frequented more often than not. Yeah, and it's it was not only popular enough to have the show, it had two specials in 1988 as well, one of which Garfield and his nine lives. Of all the Garfield stuff, this is maybe one of the best. I remember this one particularly well because it goes through him living out several of his lives and some of them are ridiculous, you know, back in prehistoric times with the giant tusks yes. and everything. But... It also had things that were not in the traditional style. Uh, so it, it, it took chances in a couple of the lives to tell different kinds of stories in different kinds of genres. And I thought that was just super cool at the time because I, I hadn't seen anything like that. And I thought it was just, you know, that was, that was, that was the neatest thing ever. Who, who does this sort of thing? So I, I, I loved that when I watched it. Yeah, a little more creativity. Yeah, definitely. And then if you probably were older, as a kid, I would not have been interested in this. But they had Happy Birthday, Garfield, which was technically, I'm including it in here, it's actually a documentary, a behind-the-scenes thing for the creation of uh, Garfield. But uh, if you like kind of seeing behind-the-scenes, it would have snippets from the show and the little other things that went with it. But uh, he actually got to see Jim Davis if you had never seen what he looked like before. Uh, so it's like, wow, you're a mild-mannered-looking kind of guy. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep, just took, <laughs> just took real life and put it in print and success. Yeah, it's just – so, you know, looking back at it, like I said, as a kid, I wouldn't have cared. But where's, um, where's Jim Davis from? Well, I do believe he's from Indiana, good what? sir. No way. It's always good to uh for those of us from Indiana appreciate those that, that came from came from here. Um and I appreciate that quite a bit. I appreciate it a lot more than Kathy's last resort. <laughs> Another Kathy short released in nineteen eighty eight. Sorry, Kathy. I mean I'm sure there's you have a fan base, but I, I doubt it was the masses and I don't know. Um, even the little comics, comic strip one panel, Kathy was just, was it, was she a one? I think she was a one, wasn't she? Um, I no, I think she had multiples. She has multiples. I think, I think she was usually, she was usually a three panel and sometimes she got the six. I don't even know if I even read that one on Sundays. The full, you know, like you got that full, you got the newspaper and had had the one. Ours would usually have one, let's say front, front, like actual three pages in it. So front, back, front, back, front, back. So lots of comics. Oh, yeah. So I, she's usually, uh, she was usually in there and I just, you know, skipped over because, you know, that's the whole point. There's a comic strip for everybody. Mm hmm. If one doesn't speak to you, I know a lot of people that Kathy resonated with. And it's just, I was not in the right place at that time to really enjoy it. But now that I'm older, uh, it really hasn't changed. Uh, <laughs> nope, not so much. <laughs> but, you know, I appreciate it more from a distance. Um, one of the 
one of the comic strips that I didn't like at first, but kind of grew on me just because of the artistic style, kind of reminded me of something very simplistic and silly, was Andy Cap. I don't know if you ever read that particular comic Ooh, strip. A little bit. But it was always, you know, you can't help but read it with the New York accent. Uh, at least that's how I always read it. I heard it that way, whether that was intended to or not. And it wasn't. I'll tell you that right now because it's a, it's a British thing. <laughs> but I heard it with. I heard it with a New York accent, so it always just kind of stuck with me. What, what, what? Um, like you could buy handicap snacks. What were they? Were they pretzels? Yeah, I what think they so. Were? Cheese, cheese balls. I don't remember what they were. Something like that. But handicap was uh, was a postal worker, I think. Something like that. No, that's right. Reg was the postal worker. He created handicap. Handicap was um, just a drunk. That's right. That's why I liked him. He's just a belligerent drunk that kind of had his come up at surf to him regularly and that's why it was funny that's why it was good yeah so they actually had a live action one season not a full season <laughs> well it was it was in england so it might have been a full season with six episodes yeah but uh they actually tried to do that looking at the live action versus the comic strip uh Nah. I mean, maybe the people that have seen the six episodes think it's just the bee's knees, but... Uh, well, if they did, they'd have made more than six episodes. <laughs> That's true. There's a reason why there's only six. And then really, the, I don't really see, in terms of the people that were involved with it, anybody that makes me go, wow. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I never saw it. Probably not going to see it. Nope. Uh, yeah, we'll just leave that there, I think. Uh-oh, 88's not looking good. Off to a rough start. Off to a rough start. Uh, how about this? How about we go up, up, and away? Superman. Superman had a one-season animated series that released in 1988. And if you can't tell... The animation quality is a step up from Super Friends. Yeah. A little bit more, I don't know if polished is the word, but smoother. Modern, maybe more modern. Yeah. But uh, while it didn't last a long time, it uh, it uh, it was fun. It, it, it was what you expected out of a Super, it was very simplistic. It still didn't give a lot of depth. I felt in terms of character development or anything like that, but it was it was fun. It was a quick watch. It was just nice. If that's I mean that's a really weird way to put it, but it's like oh Superman, yay! It's just well, it says it was um, like his youth growing up. Right, is that what the description was? Well, kind of uh, some of it, but it's it's earlier years. Some of it was earlier years, but. Uh, he was grown in most of the episodes, to my to my memory, but uh, Bo Weaver got to do the voicing for Mister uh, Clark Kent in this one. And if you don't know who uh, Bo Weaver is, he is another kind of long, long stretching voice actor in a bunch of stuff. Now he is not as well known as everybody else. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, and he didn't get the same kind of success. But I see a Fallout credit in there, though. Right. I mean, so he's he's got some. He is Doctor Boris in the Old World Blues DLC in New Vegas. I never got to play that one. Yeah, there was one. I think it was the Old World Blues DLC. We got stuck on. Um, there was a there was a bug. I couldn't get around it, and then I stopped playing. What a Bethesda game with a bug! It's not a Bethesda <laughs> game, though. <laughs> well, that's right. I forgot. That's right. That New Vegas was uh, was it Rockstar? No, I'm mm. spacing. Who did that one? Yeah, I can't remember. They they recently did um, New uh, Outer Worlds. Right. Right. But still, uh, of the people that are here, uh, there's there's several several voices you'll recognize 
but uh, nobody that you just go, wow, that was amazing. You know, I know that from everything. No, it's just. Yeah, and I don't. I want to say maybe I've seen some of these, but I don't remember this the, in the least bit. Yeah, it's. I, I remember seeing one or two of the episodes and, and enjoying it. But it wasn't, it's like not life changing. Not like when I was young and saw Super Friends and go, wow, they, they actually made this into a cartoon. They got them all together. Or later when Batman the Animated Series comes out and go, wow, not only is it animated, but it's amazing. Yeah. I wish this was out when I was young sort of thing. Yep. Um, but this was not the only Kal-El in 1988. Oh, yeah? There was a live action Superboy show. In 1988, huh? 1988 to 1992. Four seasons. Dang. <laughs> I thought I might surprise you with that one. That was, I watched this one for sure. I watched, I've seen about half of this show. Um, yeah, I don't remember this. I don't remember this at all. Yep. So you've got uh, Gerard Christopher being the eponymous Hippopotamus, is that the right word? Hippopotamus. Something like that. The dude himself in the tights, Superman, um, or in this case, Superboy. Um, he's been in a, a number of uh, shows, but, you know, wasn't like the biggest name of all time. But you will recognize a bunch of other people like uh, Ian Michael or Ian Mitchell Smith, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherman Howard is somebody that looks very familiar to me. Yeah, Sherman Howard's uh, been in a few things. I, I, I liked him as Lex. He was, uh, you know, doesn't make even my top three, but uh, he was in quite a, a few other things. Uh, oh, yeah, he was in The Stand, that TV adaptation of The Stand. I forgot about that. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's somebody that does a lot of, uh, a lot of work. Uh, he did Oliver Phillips and Red Dead Redemption. Ooh. So, yeah, he's got a very, very recognizable voice. Yeah. And I think that's why they cast him as Lex Luthor. It's very, it was, it was very enjoyable to, to see him work on that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun show. It was very light. It was 80s. So the effects were. Less than spectacular. Yeah, it was not amazing, but they did a lot with perspective. They did a lot with camera angle. They they had some fun with some props. What do you remember? Do you remember what station this was on? Uh, CBS, I saw it. Um, I, I do not remember. Let's find out. Let us ask. What station? The internet was Superboy. It's it's nice to see they had gotten into some of these live action ones that kind of uh, yeah, CBS. Bit, CBS. I thought I remembered that right, but uh, yeah. What were the uh, if you were, I don't know if you remember this at all, but if if he was Superboy, uh huh, obviously it was more. Younger. Maybe this was the more younger one. Yes. What were besides Lex Luthor? What were the what were the bad guys? Who were his it was adversaries? Mostly day to day stuff. It was nobody to really speak of, if memory serves. I don't, I don't really remember him running into much of anything in terms of the villains that you would kind of expect him to to fight against. So more of like the. Uh, Almost like so. I'm not a drama, but like the the day to day interactions with other regular human beings. We did get a Mister Miss Pitalik in there. I don't remember that episode. I must have missed that one. And it was uh, Michael J. Pollard that got to do that. That one. He's good. Um, let's see. Uh, Nick Knack. I don't know that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> burly guy burly guy <laughs> wow um yeah that's about what i remember we're not running across anybody with a major name in any of the uh 
<laughs> any of the scrolling down. We're down to one episodes uh, with the people that are in there. The old vampire that uh, apparently he fought a vampire. I don't remember that episode either. Um, I remember the Super Mark II thing. That was a, a robot sort of thing. Kryptonite Kid. Uh, that wasn't anything. Uh, some other, uh, yeah. So no. Okay. So what we're looking at here is just the, the real enemy is, you know, society. Right. I guess, you know, whatever you want to call it, but that's the whole point. The whole point of the show wasn't really him fighting big bad guys. It was just him figuring out how to be a hero. It was very wholesome. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is a uh, a new a new new Superman um, animated show that's out. That's mixing that him learning to be a superhero while still fighting some of the bigger bads that's, to an extent. I, they, I think you gotta you gotta have that to keep it interesting. I mean, otherwise it. Well, yeah. We've seen what happens uh, when you don't don't give uh, Superman a good villain. Yeah, he's too powerful. He's just it's too easy. Um, there was a Charlie Bound special that uh, came out in 1988. It was only a little bit of propaganda. <laughs> this is American. That's right. This is American. This is America, Charlie Brown. Uh, so it was basically them reenacting a bunch of historical events as the Peanuts characters. It's just as good as you might think that it was. Interesting. I feel like I feel like I've seen this. In some form or fashion, I've seen some of the clips or the highlights from this. Yeah, and uh it it had good it's you know the standard Peanuts, good voice acting and everything and it's it's just when looking at it through the eyes of adults, like, yeah, this is, this is go America, go <laughs> done with the peanuts. Uh, yeah. From the eighties. From the eighties. So, you know, you had to have that a little bit. Um, but okay. So let's, let's end it. Let's end it on a strong note. I've got one more for you. One more. Udo. This is a character that I will wager. None of you've ever heard of on a show that none of you ever watched for sure. I guarantee you didn't watch it because. It never made it to air. It was a pilot. And it never got picked up. And it's based on a comic book that didn't run for real long and then was picked up by Marvel a decade later and didn't run for very long. Because <laughs> I think it was picked up by Marvel because they thought that the show was going to get picked up. Oh. And then it didn't. Uh, the show that I'm talking about is Solar Man. So it's a unsold animated TV pilot. Yes, interesting. It's about a comic book artist who's given a bracelet by a dying alien scientist that turns him into a super powered hero. Gets his powers from the sun, trying to take on an evil galactic overlord. So the original Solar Man came out in 1979 uh, by a private press, or not private press, I should say, but a pendulum, a smaller press. Uh, came back, like I said. 1989 in Marvel, but that was after when the show would have aired. So I think it was in production because it depends on who you, who, when you look this up, the show was supposed to maybe air at 88, but it's also listed as maybe airing as early as 86. Mm, so sitting on the shelf for a bit. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to, I'm, I'm having a hard time nailing down exactly when it was supposed to air and when it was put together, regardless of whether it was 86 or 88, that's still well past the 79 uh, initial uh, comic book. Yeah. And, and it's, and it, here's the other thing. That's the other interesting thing about this. The character was in that ca uh, original comic book. The writer that created the character was associated with the show that was being in development, but it wasn't exactly the same as the original comic. They tried to update it and, yeah, it's it's really different. So, uh, <laughs> Solar Man, man. Take a look at that uh, 70s artwork there. Uh, it's really bright. Uh, that looks like something that would be like a alternate cover to a... So let, let's say Starfield had a 
alternate cover. Yeah. That, that's kind of the art that I would see on some of those things nowadays. Compare it to uh, the Marvel comics. Hey, there's Dr. Doom. Yeah. So it lasted an amazing two issues. <laughs> I wonder if it's uh, hey, you, anybody got a Solar Man number one out there? Uh, that would be really interesting to see. Um, now I'm not sure who they got for the lead. The IMDb is really kind of sparse in terms of who did what. It says M.G. Kelly was in it. I'm assuming that's Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, I'm just going to say that, and because uh, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's one of those things I'm really curious about because it's so out there and it, it had to have been super cheesy. Dang. And I think he supplied over $400,000 for its production. And... Oh, pilot finally aired in '92 <laughs> as a Fox Kids special. Prior to one of the best ones of all time. That's right. Not quite there. Not quite there. Yeah, but we'll get to we'll get to it. <laughs> a major studio <laughs> offered 15 million to create 64 animated episodes. <laughs> Dang! Well, yeah, uh, they they canceled the order because of advice that said uh, superhero cartoons would be dying out in popularity. <laughs> right when they just started blowing up for popularity. That's ooh, sorry about that. Oh uh, yeah. So I this is one that I really I really want to see. I'm gonna have to look that up at some point. But that that is 1988. So, not great. Not great, but better. Yeah, the whole the the whole congruence of the six, seven, and eight were subpar to say the best. To yeah, say, you know, say the least. But I mean, at least in '88, you had Garfield and Friends. You had Superboy, the live action television show. Both of those lasted for a long time, mm -hmm. and you had a smattering of some other minorly interesting things, and just a lot of nothing. Uh, but, uh, did, did, did you ever watch, uh, any of that? That's right. You say you didn't really watch the Superboy show. No, I don't remember ever seeing that. That's sad. CBS. Yeah. Was that, I wonder what that was on. Was that like, that wasn't Saturday morning. That no, no, late. that was, uh, that was early evening viewing. Mm. Yeah. I just don't recall that show a single bit. Huh. Well. What about you, dear listeners? Did we miss anything from 86, 87, or 88? Are one of these shows one of your favorites? Did we make fun of something that was actually really good? I don't think we did. Uh, <laughs> did no. Or did we just miss something really interesting? Let us know. You know how to get a hold of us on social media. We will give you a shout-out on the podcast if you uh, if have you a human over digital interaction with us. Right, that's right. And uh, let us know something that we missed. We we always appreciate hearing anything from you, but uh, we will, of course, be back again next week, stronger than ever, hopefully without any sort of sniffles. That's my goal. And we are going to be coming back with an animated DC movie review of some kind. Yeah, we're still figuring that one out. We had chatted about it a little bit, and um, I I have said for quite some time that Max is one of my favorite uh, streaming apps that's out there. And the DC animated sequences that are out there are, I think, you can get all the DC animated, virtually all the DC animated things on there. Um, even, some of the, even some of the... Like the real early ones are, are available on there too. It's just that uh, there's a lot of content. And they've done a lot of movies recently. So we need to figure out what we want to do. We can just watch Blue Beetle again. <laughs> you know, no, I'm good. It wasn't that bad. That's not it. No, it wasn't. 
All right, we'll be back next week.